Well, it's December. December is the, the time that, I know last week we already started Advent, uh, but now it's, now it's December, and now we have Christmas trees up. Now we're like past Thanksgiving weekend. We're ready, we're ready for Christmas. I know it's still a few weeks away, but we're ready. We're getting ready. And today, or this, uh, this Advent season, we are looking at who is Christ? Who is the coming King? When He's coming as a, as a baby, and, and what is, was He called? And so Isaiah, the prophet, about 700 years before Christ came, he gave Jesus, the Messiah, these four, there's four kingly titles. And last week, we looked at Wonderful Counselor. We looked at what that meant, um, that, that Jesus offers us wisdom, that we have to choose whether or not we're going to accept His wisdom. And, you know, we saw that our, that our Lord is our Wonderful Counselor who is beyond comprehension. He's, it's hard for us to even fathom how wonderful He is. And how merciful he is. Um, then we saw how he gives guidance. He, he's like a, like a guidance counselor, except that he cares. And he, or, I'm sorry, a guidance counselors care, but that he is still there. That he's there forever, guiding us, giving us wisdom. And, and he offers himself. And so we saw last week that, that uh, Jesus came to be our wonderful counselor, to rescue us from our ignorance. And we saw that we have a sin problem. And, we, and, and a lot of times we don't even realize our ignorance. And Jesus came to rescue us from that. And today we're going to be looking at what it means in the second title in Isaiah 9, verse 6. Uh, so as we open, open to God's Word today, let's, uh, I just invite you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the wonderful counselor. And as we explore today what it means to be mighty God, God, we just thank you for you, for your, that you came, uh, that you came to be with us. And so, Jesus, we just ask today as we open your word, as we, as we seek your wonderful, wonderful counselor, as we look to our mighty God, that we would feel your presence that we would be convicted of sin, that we would be right with you and showing others who you are, that you are good and life-giving. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so Isaiah, I invite you to open to Isaiah. Uh, And Isaiah was written about 700 years before the coming of Christ. Isaiah was a prophet who was telling, foretelling what, who this Messiah would be. Uh, but he was also letting people know that they need to be right with God and they need to be coming back to the Lord. Because often we know in the Old Testament and throughout our lives that they and then we stray away from God's heart. And we kind of think about the rules or we think about other things, but not about our relationship with God. And we kind of start choosing our own way instead of what God wants. And so Isaiah was, was giving 
this prophecy. In chapter 9, it's just coming right after, after he's talked in chapter 7 a little bit about who Jesus is. But then in chapter 9, it, it says in verse 2, and we read this last week, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. They've seen a great light. And, and on those living in the land of the deep darkness, a light has dawned. A light has dawned. That's exciting. That gives hope. So this light, we know this light is Jesus. And it says then in, in verse 6, For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end, and he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And he shall reign forevermore. We just sang that. We just heard that. He shall reign forevermore. He's never going to not reign. He, Jesus, is in charge. He, and and you see in the the line of David, he he was the one that they were waiting for. And Jesus' reign never ends. And so, you know, we just talked in First Peter about the hope that we have. And we have that hope, even at Christmas when we're looking at, at Jesus coming. That when Jesus reigns, his, his kingdom never ends. Isn't that exciting? His kingdom doesn't end. You don't have to, you don't have to worry about, about when, when his time might be done. No, Jesus is going to reign forever. And so we can, we can rejoice in that. We have hope in that. We have peace in that. We, there's all kinds of things that we can be excited about because of the reign of Jesus. And t- today we're looking at how Jesus is called Mighty God. And this word mighty, and it, it means strong. It means mighty. It can also mean a champion or a chief or a giant, or a mighty man, or a warrior, a strong man. Lots of different ways that this can be translated, this, this word. And throughout the Old Testament, and I say Old Testament because uh, gibor is the, the Hebrew word, and that was used for the Old Testament. But throughout the Old Testament, this word mighty, that is translated here, mighty, was used in, in a lot of ways. A lot of times it was, it was meant as like David's mighty men, right? You know that those guys are big, strong guys, that are warriors, right? Uh, if you're not familiar with that, David had mighty men that, was, that were with him. And, but then there was lots of times in the, in the Old Testament, if you look up mighty, it's talking about, it's used in ways of showing that someone's a champion, that someone's a warrior, maybe somebody is really good at something, uh, it says in, in 1 Samuel 16 that, that David was a mighty man. And this is before he defeated the champion Goliath. It says in, in verse 18 that one of, one of the young men reported to Saul and said, Behold, I have seen the son of Jesse, who is skillful, a skillful musician. 
a valiant, mighty man, a warrior, skillful in speech, and the Lord is with him. And this was just the description of who David was. But he's this, this skillful musician, but he's also this mighty, valiant man, a warrior. It's also described later on after David and Goliath met. And it wasn't that David won, it was that the Lord conquered. And, and when, when the Lord gave victory to David against the, the Goliath, the, the champion of the Philistines, the, even in, in a verse 51 of Psalm, 1 Samuel 17, it said, and when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Their champion, and that is the same word, that champion, that's Gibor. That means, that's the same word used here, is mighty. Their champion was Goliath. They had put all their hope in this massive strength of a man. That he was going to lead them, and he was going to bring them victory. And often... Even though the Israelites didn't have this champion, mighty Goliath man, the Israelites, and also, I think us, we start putting our hope, we start putting our trust in the mighty, the strong, the ones that can do lots of things. And, and that's, I can see how that's kind of, that's normal. But God wants to be our rock. He wants to be our mighty God. He is our mighty God. Um, then it says, it, several times it talks about mighty, this word mighty, gibor in, in Hebrew, as talking about the Lord. It says in Psalm 24, it says, Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Now notice, it says, the psalmist said the, the Lord is strong and mighty. So this word doesn't just mean strong. If it meant just strong only, then the psalmist wouldn't say the Lord is strong and mighty. It would just say the Lord is gibor, that he's the mighty or the strong one. But no, the Lord is strong and the Lord is mighty. And that's, those are, I think mighty is even a higher step than strong, right? And then then in this next chapter of Isaiah, if you're in Isaiah 9, go ahead and turn over to Isaiah chapter 10. And in Isaiah chapter 10, it's just this little piece that it uses, this word. And it's in verse 21. Notice what it says here. Isaiah 10, verse 21. And it's talking about this remnant of Israel. It says, a remnant will return, a remnant of Jacob, and will return to the mighty God. That word mighty right there is, is the same word that Isaiah used to describe who Jesus would be. Jesus, this coming Messiah, 700 years later, I mean Isaiah didn't know it would be 700 years later, but this coming Messiah would be mighty God. And here he's saying that that the people, there's going to be some people, even though most of the people right then were not trusting God, were not looking to God, but he said there's going to be a remnant. There's going to be some people. 
that are going to return. This remnant of, of the Israelites are going to return not to their laws, not to their customs. Yes, those, those are good. But they're going to return to their mighty God. That's way better than all the other things. They're going to return to their mighty God. They're going to put their hope and trust in their mighty God. So let me ask you, do you need a champion? Do you need someone that's mighty? You know, sometimes we need, we think we need what's best in different areas of our life. But we need a mighty God. We need Jesus as our mighty God. The Lord, and so our first point today is that the Lord is our mighty God who is all-powerful. He has all the power. Not just that he has more power than like Goliath or the, or the other strongest people on the earth. No, like, he has all the power. Like, it's hard to like fully understand. Kind of like last week, he's, he's beyond comprehension. He's so wonderful, it's like we can't even like fathom it. Like, this is the same kind of thing. It's, it's so hard to understand how the Lord is all-powerful. Not just powerful or, or the most powerful, but he has all the power. And so do we need, do we need someone that can save us? The answer is yes, we need someone that saves us. We need someone to save us not just from our ignorance, like we talked about last week. But we need someone to, to rescue us from our problem. And our problem is sin. And that problem is something that we deal with ongoing. And sin is not something anybody likes to talk about. In fact, in seminary they said most, or a lot of pastors won't preach about sin because it's too awkward, it's too hard. But my professor said, you guys preach about sin because sin is the problem. If we just think about, you know, let's just try harder to have a good life. Let's just try a little harder, add a little bit of Jesus. That doesn't save. What saves us from our sin is, is coming to re- repentance, fully turning around and, and asking Jesus to free us Give us forgiveness. And so that's what Jesus is saving us from. He's saving us from our sin. So, the Lord is our mighty God who is all-powerful. But I'm going to bring it further and say He's the one, He's the only one that can save. You know, the people can look to to Goliath or the, the, whatever the champion is of our time. But those figures are not going to save. Those figures are not going to offer the salvation that Jesus offers. You, you might be happy for a time, but you're never going to be fully satisfied in those other type of mighty things or champion things. The Lord is powerful. You know, I, I was talking last week, I was telling you a little bit about how when we were at Turkey Run a few weeks ago, 
in the, in the fall. And my daughter, Emily, who's nine, she fell into the river. And this was, this was an interesting scenario for us. You know, uh, we, we were trying to save her. We were trying to rescue her. But one thing, once we realized that she was okay, once we realized that she wasn't actually drowning or she wasn't actually uh, it hurt, I mean, she was kind of scraped up a little bit, but she wasn't in, you know, desperation. We were trying to save her. We were trying to go down this slippery slope and try to save her. And there's nothing, there's nothing like trying to save someone and having a hard time doing it. Like, I, I, I just kept, I was on this slippery slope and I, I realized there was no way I could, and even my brother-in-law said, hey, because we were both like on this slippery slope trying to save her, trying to help her. He said, Luke, we're, we're going to both fall in. We're both falling in. There's no way we're not falling in because we're just in a slippery slope. We are down there trying to save her. And so he said, hey, Emily, just swim, swim somewhere else and, and come, out, come out somewhere else. Because Emily was trying our hardest to get back up this rock that we were slipping down on. She was trying her hardest. But there was, I was proud of her for not, for not being too scared. She was, just, she was kind of trying to pull it together. But she was, she was like about this much in the water, and she couldn't get out. It was too slippery. There was no way that she could save herself. There's no way that we can save ourselves. And I know sometimes maybe we think, well, if I just get up this slippery slope, or if I can just figure this out, if I can maybe go around this way, maybe I... I read my Bible a lot. That's going to save me, right? The pastor always says, read your Bible. So that saves, right? I'm a, I, I'm a good person. I do good things. No, that doesn't bring salvation. Now, I want you to read your Bible. I want you to read your Bible, but I don't want you to read your Bible just to read it. I don't want you to read your Bible because you're trying to read certain, you know, you have a reading plan, you're trying to check it off the list. Okay, I got it done. I got it done. If you're going to read the Bible like that, yes, God can speak to you in that, I know. But in my experience, I'm not getting a lot out when I'm just flying through it. What I would encourage you when we read the Bible is that we are going, we are, we are talking in communication with the living God, the, the mighty God who alone can save. So let's ask Him. Let's ask Him to show us more of Him, more of how He saves and how we need saving not just one time in our life and we pray a prayer, but we need saved often and every day because our sin is not just gone, our sin is still there. Or we still have sin every day. And we, we need to submit to Jesus. We need to ask Him for salvation. We need to, to know His heart. But just reading the Bible, just going to church, just doing the right things does not bring salvation. Those are all good things. But salvation comes 
only through our mighty God, the one true God. You know, he's mighty, but he's also, he's also God. So mighty and God, I mean, think about that. If, if Goliath was mighty and a God, then he would have, well, he would have beat David. <laughs> but he would, a mighty plus God is going to be victorious. And we have a mighty plus God that wins. He wins in the end. Like we have our hope in Jesus who wins. We don't have our hope in, in a God that might win someday. The, the, the weird thing is we're in this already, but not yet. We're in this right now. We're, we're experiencing God's kingdom in, in pieces, and pockets. We're, we're seeing more of, of God moving. But it's not fully here. Someday, someday, it says in Revelation that, that Jesus is going to return and only the people that are with him are the people that trust him. He's going to send everybody that doesn't love him somewhere else. They're going to be judged for eternity. But the people that trust Jesus with their life, the people that have trust in their mighty God, in their Lord Jesus, not just said, I, I trust him one time, but like actually live your life to trust. Not, not in works, not to show that you trust, but they're living our life Showing, living our life, being connected, abiding with our mighty God, our, our Savior. And so our second point today is, I think we've already said it, but it's uh, the Lord is our mighty God who alone can save. He's the only one that can offer salvation. He's the only one that can truly save. Now, there's going to be other champions around. There's going to be other oh, strong figures. I don't watch any of the, the wrestling on TV, but you can ask my nephews, and they can tell you all about the strong guys that are fighting. <laughs> and, and those guys, some of them are like really good at what they're doing. And I don't know anything about that, so I should, probably shouldn't bring that up. But those guys can't save. In fact, no one can save except for Jesus Christ. So Jesus is our powerful, all-powerful, and he's the only one that can save. It says, and uh, if you still have Isaiah open, uh, Isaiah 60, I would encourage you to turn to that, because there's a, there's a verse in Isaiah 60, there's a lot of chapters in Isaiah, but in Isaiah 60, and I'm just going to read the part of verse 16. In Isaiah chapter 60, the part of 16 says, Then you will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior, your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. The Lord Jesus is not just the Mighty One, but He's also the Savior. And that's what Isaiah said years and years before Jesus. That this, this people, these people were going to put their hope, this remnant of people were putting their hope in somebody. They're putting their hope not just in somebody, in the, the mighty God. The mighty God. And we will know that the Lord is the, our mighty God. The Lord, this, this who now we know is Jesus Christ. 
who came as a baby. But like what Ellen said earlier, we don't just worship a baby. We worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. We worship Jesus who is reigning, who is in charge, who is not just in charge, but he wants to know each of us. He offers himself to us, we said last week. But today, I'm going to say the Lord is our mighty God who offers salvation because we have a sin problem. And so Jesus, for our third point, is that he offers salvation. And salvation is found in no other name. But salvation is also not forced on anyone. You know, if Emily didn't want to get out of the river, she's like, no, 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 I'm fine here. I'm good. No, here, we're trying to help you. No, I don't need it. I'm going to just get it out. I'm going to figure it out on my own. That would have been a problem. You know, when in a different scenario, they say when you're swimming in the ocean or at a beach and there's riptide, the, the reason that a lot of people end up drowning because of the riptide is not how far the riptide takes you out. It's because people are trying to fight and save themselves. They're trying to swim back to shore. They're, trying to, they're using all of their strength when what they need to do, and if you ever go to the beach and you're caught in a riptide, don't just try to swim back to the shore. Swim away from it, not... not back farther into the ocean. Swim, par- uh, swim perpendicular to the beach. And then you'll get... Oh, par- sorry, parallel. I said that first. Parallel to the beach, not perpendicular. Swim parallel to the beach. Because eventually, if, if you swim to the right or the left, you're going to get out of it. But when you don't, when you just keep fighting and trying to come back, and just swimming. Eventually, I mean, it's different for everybody when you get too tired. But you can't do it. You can't get out. You need someone to save you. Emily needed someone to save her. There was no way she was getting out by herself. And we need someone to save us. There's no way that we can get out of our sin problem by ourselves. So Jesus, he came to be the one who would save us from our sins. It says in John 3.16 that for whoever, that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Have the life that was saved. That life where Jesus laid down his life so that others can have salvation in him. And if you don't know if you need saved, if you don't realize that you have a sin problem, I just ask, ask each of us to ask the Lord to show us how we need his salvation. How we need to turn to Him in every part of our life, not just in maybe the, the spiritual part or the church life or something. 
No, but in every part, we need to surrender to Jesus. Let him be the Lord, the King of kings in every area of our life. And he alone offers salvation. So today we see that that the Lord is our mighty God. He's all-powerful in every way. He is the only one as a God that can save. If, if Jesus came to the earth and then he just lived, lived like me and you and the, you know, falling into sin and he went to the cross, it was for nothing because he, it was not going to save us. It's not going to save anybody. Jesus was 100% sinless. He never fell into sin. He never did something, thought something wrong. And because of that, we can both know that Jesus can understand us as humans and how we, and how we have a tendency to sin and can resist. He knows that. But he also is the only one that can save because he laid down his life. And so I want to encourage you today, if you have not talked to Jesus, I'm not going to say like ever, I'm going to even say today. If you haven't talked to Jesus today, I encourage you, talk to Jesus. Ask him where there is sin in, in your life. And they just give it to him. Let him take your sin as far as the east is from the west. And then we will be made righteous in the eyes of the Father. And, and the Father looks at us, even though we have sinned, but He looks at us the way He looks at His perfect, spotless Son who never sinned because Jesus gives us that salvation. But He doesn't force it. He doesn't guilt trip you. He just laid down His life and offered you'd accept it. Accept the life in Jesus, the salvation in him. So today we see that Jesus came to be our mighty God. The main idea is to rescue us from our sin. Jesus came not just to be a cute little baby, not just so we can sing some Christmas songs. He came to show us how to live and how to point us back to the Father and to take our sin from us when we ask Him to. So Jesus is our, is our champion. Jesus is our mighty God, the one that saves, the one that offers salvation, and we can get salvation found in no other name, it says in the Bible, in no other name. So let me ask you, I'm going to ask you this each week leading up to Christmas. Well, let me ask you this question. What do you want for Christmas? Do you want to keep going the way you've been going? Or are you putting your hope and trust in, in Jesus Christ alone to rescue you, to rescue me from my sin? So when we think about what we want for Christmas, let's think about Jesus the mighty God who can rescue. He's the only one who can rescue and he offers salvation. So my prayer is that we put our trust in him and follow in obedience 
to what he says. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are the mighty God. You are our mighty God, that you alone can save, that you are strong, that you are the champion, that you are trustworthy, and that we can look to you for salvation. Lord, I just ask if there's, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, Jesus, that doesn't know about, not just, that maybe that is trying to, to get out of the riptide in their own way, that is trying to be saved in other ways other than you. Lord, I just pray that you would, by your Spirit, would just lead them to you to show the only way of salvation is through you, Jesus. I pray for those of us that have accepted your salvation, that, God, that we would continue each day and sometimes, lots of times during the day, trusting you and, being, and asking you to, to search our hearts and to find the sin in our hearts and convict us of that and so we can receive your forgiveness and that we can continue in relationship with you, trusting you that you are our mighty God. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.